Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Good morning. It is the best day of the week. It's a Thursday. Congratulations to you and you, everybody in the chatty house, everybody listening on ESPN 1320. Maybe you're checking out the Odyssey app, the free Odyssey app, which if it's not in your phone now, go get it. And you can listen to us. Check out ESPN 1320 on there. You favorite that. And then when you open the app, you just uh, click 1320. It'll be right there. And you can listen to us. That way, if you're not near a computer or on YouTube or you're not on your radio, you can still catch the insiders. That's James. I'm Kyle. And they're the Sacramento Kings, and they lost 117-96 to last night in Denver. And we'll get to it. But it's a leap day. It's a leap day. It's also, I think we should call this Matchy Thursday. Okay. Every Thursday, we, we just have to wear matching colors. Okay. This okay. is just on accident. It is on accident, the, but the worst we keep part doing is, things. The worst part is, yeah, we're wearing basically the same color uh, sweater. You're wearing like a blue shirt that is the exact color of the blue shirt that I was going to wear. And that would have just been a really tough scene. Mine isn't Captain Crunch, but it it was that exact, exact color. The good captain. That would have been a tough look. Um, not necessarily a tough look. I think it would have been a good look for me because you're like a distinguished put together guy. <laughs> and so if I if I am presenting as that, I'm doing I'm doing okay. No, it's a leap it, it's a it is a leap year. So it's February yep. 29th. We only get one of these Every four years, except for on the century, exactly, unless the century is divisible by 400. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. So 1900 was supposed to be a leap year, but it was not. Oh. 2000 was a leap year because 2000 is divisible by 400. Oh, yes, of course. 21, 22, 23 will not be. 24 will be. 
All right. Mm-hmm. That's just weird. You're welcome. You're welcome. Shout out to the Gregorian calendar, which is the one, the one typically used. Um, two things about this day. Okay. And we'll get to King's Nuggets here shortly. Tyrese Halliburton turned six years old today. <laughs> congratulations. A big congrats, a big congrats to Tyrese Halliburton on uh, on his sixth birthday. Where are my hotkeys? There they are. Congratulations, Tyrese Halliburton. Sacramento Finish. Kings legend. Six Finish. years old today. He's finishing up that first year of kindergarten. You know what? <laughs> you know what I think? People go, what do you do if you're born on February 29th? How do you celebrate your birthday? The day after February 28th. Or the day Just, before. Uh, no. Well, you could do 28th or you could do no, the first. No, you cannot. You can't? You cannot. <laughs> <laughs> because you were not born on February 28th. Okay. You were born the day after. All right. Every four years, that's the 29th. All the other years, it's Just the March day 1. after. It's just the day after. It's March 1st. Wow, it's already March. I know. Almost. What is happening, Kyle? I don't know. It's, it's been crazy. going by really fast. The other good news about uh, leap year is that no takes count today. Mm. Your takes don't count. Get them all out. Hot takes? If you're even, if you're even like, like... You've thought of something as a, as a take, but you're like, no, nah, it doesn't really make sense. Spit it out today. Let it fly. 916-909-1320. All right. No takes count. No takes count. I brought the flamethrower. All right. Yeah. I'm ready for Kyle's right. hot takes. The king should trade De'Aaron Fox. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ice cold. <laughs> uh, 117 for the Nuggets. 96 for the Sacramento Kings. We will dig into this game. No De'Aaron Fox for Sacramento. It looked good in the first quarter. Sacramento after after one, led by seven. Mm. That lead inflated to double digits in the second quarter. And then the wheels fell off. In a horrendous way. Yeah, the Nuggets outscored the Kings 37-20 to 20 in the second quarter and 35-17 to 17 in the third quarter. Yeah, they, this kind of felt like, you know, when you see the video, it's not of like one wheel that's wobbling on the car. It's that car that all four wheels are about to snap off. It's that car. Like the wobble was was legit. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, oh no, slow down, get off to the side. It's like, no, just go straight until they all fall off because you're, you're done. done. You're done. It's done. Like it's over. So here's the thing I want to point out. And we will, like I said, we will dig into this game, but I want to make sure that this is very clear. This is just kind of the nuggets. This is what they do. Okay. They did this. They've a. They've won four in a row by an average of I think eighteen and a half points since the All Star break. Coming off the heels of losing to the Sacramento Kings, the game before the All Star break. Right. They are just the mowing through teams in the second half, and they just did this to to Golden State a, a few nights ago. Golden State was up sixteen in the second quarter, cruising, and then fourteen nothing run. I think they opened the second quarter on like a like a ten to two run or something like that. And all of a sudden, they just have control of the game, mm. and it's over. And I, 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 my takeaway last night was less about the Kings, and more just like, oh yeah, <laughs> Denver is is probably still the best team in the West. Yeah, I agree that that that's your takeaway. That that can be your primary takeaway. Mm -hmm. I also think it it exposes some of the weaknesses of the Kings. And mm. whether it's the fact that De'Aaron Fox is out or yeah. uh, and you don't have someone else who can step up into a natural scorer's mm -hmm. role or the players that played instead of him that didn't mm. look like they fit with what what's happening. I, I think that there is some takeaways from the Kings. Definitely. And you have to be better. I mean, the Kings are 3-3 three and three this season when, uh, well, they were 3-3 three and three when De'Aaron Fox is out. So now they're 3-4. and four. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that 
if if he was out for a month that you would stick at 500. This is, a, to me, they would be a sub-500 team without Fox, and they would be in a lot of trouble. And I, I think we just keep, you're hoping that that's not going to be the case, that he's not going to miss major time. And, and this isn't, like, this injury specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was questionable throughout the day. Most people thought he was going to play. The fact that he didn't play uh, just tells you that, like, the knee was super sore. I, I would expect him to be back later this week when they play in Minnesota. Um, but at the same time, you know, this team has to figure that out. How do you survive yeah. if De'Aaron Fox isn't there? Yeah, and you. so that's to, to zoom this into the Kings. Yeah, the Nuggets are, are really, really good. But the Kings are not, what did, what did I say, 37 to, to 72 was the second and third quarters? Oh. Is that right? 72-37. Yeah, 72-37. Yeah, oh, what is that, 35 point? Yes. Oof. In 12 minutes of basketball. I'm sorry, 24 minutes of basketball. Hmm. That is where your point comes in for me. The Nuggets are are really, really good, and they took that game and just very methodically took a double-digit deficit and turned it into a double-digit lead before you could even blink. Mm -hmm. It felt like, oh, wow, look, maybe the Kings... I I was sitting there and I'm thinking in the first quarter, and even a little bit into the second quarter, I'm going, man, maybe the Kings are just a tough matchup for these dudes. Maybe that's just what this is. And this is going to be super impressive. They go in and then I went upstairs for a minute and I came back down and it's like a tie game. Oh, like, yeah. What the? Huh? And that is where the King struggles come in because you should not be, De'Aaron Fox or not, losing 24 minutes of basketball by 35 points to anyone. Yeah. That's really, really bad. And we'll dig into some of that. Um, what? <laughs> Can we talk about Domas real quick and the double-double streak? Yeah, we should. continued last night? Yeah, we should. We should. Do you, what do you, I guess we have to start here because <laughs> what do you think the the actual reason was that Domas went back into that game? Do you really think it was, hey, this game's over, there's half a quarter left, get out there, get your rebound, and we'll get you out? Is that really what you think it was? I have a hard time believing that that it wasn't. I, I same here. I, I'm I'm thinking like if if I'm Mike Brown and I I didn't know at the end of the third quarter that he was a rebound shy. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think I Domas shouldn't lose his streak because the game just got out. I, I mean, I understand, but the real answer was to leave him in for the first two minutes of the of the fourth. That's it. Go get your rebound. Yes. It's not to pull him and then go. Uh oh. At like five minutes left in the game, you're getting completely blown out. Although I will say the Kings had made a couple of runs, and that's what Mike is going to say. Well, we had made a couple of runs, yeah, and like I didn't really think that it was all the way over because look, we built a lead, we lost a lead, they built a lead, they could lose a lead, all that stuff. Mm. But at the same time, six minutes left or whatever it was, I was very very surprised when Sabonis get got up and walked to the scorers table, and then Mike had a conversation with him. Very quickly, mm-hmm. had a conversation with him. He goes in, he gets his rebound, and then he gets cut and needs stitches, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why you don't want him in the game. Yeah. You know, God bless Mason Jones, but, like, those things happen. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm okay with the streak getting extended. It's For me, it's almost like, you know, for, for as many times as Cal Ripken went out there and played every single game, mm-hmm. there were a couple of games where he played, like, a couple of innings and then sat. 
It's not like he did what Lou Gehrig did, which was play every single minute mm-hmm. of every single game, every single pitch of every single game mm-hmm. for for 16 years or whatever it was. Like there were I times can't... when when Ripken like sat, but I I guess comparing Ripken's streak to this streak, it, that's not really fair. Yeah, a little it's it's definitely different, but you you said it. If Domas had started the fourth quarter, he gets his rebound, or maybe even gets two, and he plays a couple of minutes, and then they pull in. We are not even talking about it. No. We're going, oh, well, hey, he got his... To me, this is now... It's a. It's still... He's. It's incredible, but, like, he was out for... You You took him out of the game. You You punted. Mm-hmm. And then it was like some coach went, hey, FYI, hey, Mike, he's one... He needs a... He needs a rebound. Yeah. And then you put it back at that. I don't... I, I don't know. Well, the problem that I have with it is it... Domas isn't a stat chaser. Yeah, I'm I'm sure Domas didn't ask. No, and then it becomes like it feeds into the narrative that he he chases stats. Sure. And I don't think that that's what Domas and is. And the the bigger thing for me is when he came back in and it, there's 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 an argument I want to make for putting him back in that I'll that I'll make in a second. But one of the big things against it is like you worry about injury, right? Yeah. We talked about that with Christian McCaffrey this year when the Niners tried to get him his touchdown at the end of the Jags game. Mm. It's like what are you doing? Yeah, you've had injury problems for years, years, and you're trying to extend this this touchdown streak that nobody's going to remember. By the way, this is not a, this is not the kind of streak that people are going to go, "Wow, hey, remember when Christian McCaffrey scored all those touchdowns in a row?" Like it just it doesn't it, it doesn't it that didn't make sense because of the injury risk, and that was the big thing for me last night. And then, like you said, he winds up with stitches in the side of his face because of a of an elbow from his own teammate. Yeah, it just kind of underscores like, yeah, hey, there's there's a the risk reward here is, I don't think quite there. No, on the other hand, and this leads into something that that will we talked about yesterday, and that we are going to continue talking about for the rest of the season. Keegan Murray checked in at that same point. Yes, and maybe there was something to Mike Brown wanting Keegan Murray to get a couple more looks, get a couple more touches, and doing so with Domas. Maybe there was something they wanted to do offensively. They're like, hey. We're going to treat these, we're going to, a couple possessions we're going to run down and run the offense and try and get Keegan a couple of shots and a couple of looks and doing some things, putting something on tape that we can go back and look at. And then Domas gets an elbow in the side of the head and he's bleeding and has to come out. Well, Kyle, ruin that idea. I think it should also be pointed out that Jamal Murray was still in the game for most of the fourth quarter mm-hmm. while they were just trashing the Kings. Yeah. And so it, they had plenty of, they had plenty of starters, plenty of rotational players in the game. That's mm-hmm. like Denver wasn't letting up. They they wanted to punk the Kings, and it it was pretty clear. And so for me, you know, I I don't know. I watching the broadcast. I'm at, trying to figure out when Jamal Murray came out of the fourth quarter. Probably the five minute mark remaining. Lord. Yes, Peyton Watson, Watson, Christian Braun, Zeke Naji. Zeke Naji can play. They've spent a lot of time developing. Zeke, he's one of those guys that you know. Did Jamal Murray play the entire fourth quarter? That can't be right. There's no way that's right. We have to break while I figure this out. Fourth quarter, Jamal Murray, six twenty-three, six minutes. minutes, Okay, so he came out at the five thirty-seven mark. By the way, real quick, we said that because we talked about Jamal Murray yesterday, he was going to go for forty. Yep, thirty-two. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, he was he was good, good player. All right, uh, we need to hit a break. When we come back, we got six quick thoughts. Let's dive deep on the Kings' loss to the Denver Nuggets on a leap day. That's James M. Kyle. We're on ESPN 1320. Sacramento's Sports. 
Sports Leader. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson, Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. 916-909-1320. That's 916-909-1320. If you would like to chat, we're talking King's Nuggets. We're talking Leap Day, which means your takes don't count today. They don't. They don't count. Not that. Not that they they won't be heard and and discussed and and if you have an actual thing you wanna you wanna say, let us know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, at nine one six nine zero nine thirteen twenty. Also in the chatty house at youtube dot com slash espn thirteen twenty and twitch tv slash espn thirteen twenty. I would love to hear from you, but we where was I going? We got to do six no, quick thoughts. No, I know we got six quick thoughts. I was getting there. I had a way to get there out of what I was going to say, though, and I lost it. So I'm going to punt, and we're just going to go to six quick thoughts. How'd yesterday's Kings game go? Kings insider James Ham has six notes you need to know. Here are James Ham's six quick thoughts. Yeah, here they are. James, number one. Tale of two quarters. Kings look like world beaters in the first quarter, hitting seven to ten from three. Taking an eight-point lead. They pushed out to 15 in the early second, but missed all nine of their three-point attempts and by half trailed by 10. Game over. That was it. Wild turnaround. That was it. 25-point turnaround right there. That was unbelievable display by by Denver. And then mm-hmm. the we we talked about it a lot after after the Miami game. Like, where's the punch back? And the Kings just didn't didn't have it last night. And that's where that's that that was that's this is one of those games where it's hard because typically if this was last year, okay, let's just go, let's just go to last season. And this exact game happened on this date last season. Mm-hmm. We'd be going, ah, it's the NBA, it's a good team. You didn't have Fox moving on. Yep. But now because of how this season has gone, that type of turnaround in a game feels like it exposes some deeper problems. Yeah, it's just without Fox, this team is different, and yep. and I get it. They they don't have that that extra punch to stop something like that, um, and they do rely too much on the three point shot. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this team is live and die by the three. You, you hit a bunch of them, seven to ten. You miss all the rest in the the next quarter. Game over. Like it, yep. it shouldn't be that way, but it is. It's reality. Yep. Number two, uh, they let go of the rope. A uh, ten-point lead means nothing in the NBA. That was the deficit going into the third quarter, and then they stopped playing. Uh, Nuggets trash Kings thirty-five seventeen and twelve minutes coming out of the break. Again, game over. Yeah, it's the it was the defensive intensity seemed to lack, and this is maybe maybe I'm putting too much of that turnaround on Sacramento, and I'm going to sit here and go the defensive intensity lacked. I felt like offensively was was a really strange night for them. Where it felt, especially early, like they didn't do a lot of the dribble handoff stuff. And it was a lot of point guards facilitating with Sabonis, like in the high to mid post. It was a just kind of an odd game. And I don't know whether that's something Sacramento was doing or if that's something that, like, the Nuggets were just better. Like, the Nuggets are just really good and Sacramento just didn't have any answers. Hmm. 
I think it's interesting because the Kings had already beat them three times. Yeah. So they had answers before. You had a game plan that worked. And I think within the game plan, they they missed on something. There's something that they there was a flaw to what they're doing. And part of it is you didn't hit shots, but there's there's other reasons as well. Yeah. And, you know, again, I, I guess the second quarter they're over ten. My bad. I uh, I missed one. Um, but I, I think the interesting thing about the O for ten, Kyle, mm-hmm. is that Alex Len was one of the nine players who played. He's the only one that didn't miss a three in the second quarter. Wow. Like Harrison Barnes over one. Keegan <laughs> Murray over one. Demonis Sabonis over one. Kevin Herter over two. Davion Mitchell over one. Malik Monk over one. Chris Duarte over two. And Trey Lyles over one. That's that's wild. And to to your point, you if you're gonna be a live by the team live by the three, die by the three team, you're just mm-hmm. never gonna be what the Kings wanna be. You have to have counters. Yeah. You have to have something different, and and they didn't last night. Number three. Uh, number three with De'Aaron Fox sideline was sore knee. Kings needed someone to step up. Keegan Murray accepted the challenge early, but then went dormant. He came back in in the fourth quarter and actually put up uh, some solid points. He he finished with 21 points on 9 of 17 shooting and added four rebounds. I thought he was good, but again, like I needed more, 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 and I feel like that game specifically he really had to lock in. He was locked in on Michael Porter uh, Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. and played really well defensively against... I thought mm-hmm. he played well defensively against Porter. Yeah. Um, but it also felt like it kind of took away from what he was doing and the Kings went away from him, which is something that they do, uh, which doesn't make any sense. Um, but that's what they did. Keegan Murray, first quarter, four of eight from the field, three of four from three in 10 minutes. In almost 10 minutes in the second quarter, four field goal attempts, one three. Yeah. Third quarter, one field goal attempt, it was a three. And then you mentioned the fourth quarter, four field goal attempts, and and one of them was a three in four minutes. Now, part of this, this Kyle, is that you weren't getting the pain touches cause, because Fox isn't there. Yeah. That's part of it. Yeah, no doubt. But they ran the first play of the game. It looked like a set play for Murray mm-hmm. with a open three, top of the key, buries it. And then what happened on the second play? Second play, Harrison Barnes gets it in the corner, puts it on the deck, ISO against Aaron Gordon, misses a shot. Mm. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, just not, I, I can't imagine that's what they wanted to do. I that was wild. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I'm never, I, I, like, I don't believe that Harrison Barnes is a selfish player. <laughs> no. But if the second play of the game, if we're scripting out the, the first 10 plays or whatever, like an NFL game, the second play could not have been an ISO one-on-one <laughs> Harrison Barnes against Aaron Gordon. Like, maybe it was. I I don't like, know. Like I, Mike Brown told the team, like he's looking at Keegan, but he's talking to the team. He's like, we need more tonight. No De'Aaron. We need, we need more from everybody. Everybody needs to step up. And he's like looking at Keegan and everybody's like, I get it. And Harrison's like, yeah, I got it. I'm on it, coach. It's me. It's me tonight. I got you. That's not. I know that's not uh, what happened. That's no. just what it looked like in that second possession. Uh, number four. The streak continues. Demonis Monis nearly failed to record a double double for the first time. It's November 29th. That's the date. It's I went a long look. time, dude. November. And the crazy thing is, he's now at 41. He's at half a season, half Man. a season straight. That's crazy. Uh, finished with 13 points, 10 rebounds, and he had seven assists. 
my numbers are all over the board from last night. Uh, to be honest, like I, I was with the rest of you. We all disengaged and didn't want to be there and watching it. And, <laughs> and I'm the one who took the bullet for all of you. I stayed until the end. Most of you didn't even know Demonis Sabonis came back in the game, but I did. I had to stay till the end. I did too. Yes. We're in there. The insiders got you. Yeah, we were texting back and forth the whole game. Yeah. It was it's fun. Like, um, I don't. I don't know. It feels icky. I'm gonna be honest. Takes don't count today, so I'm just gonna say it. Feels icky. I'm with you. It's like mm. no. But ultimately, like this is the whole thing, right? So the the streak is 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 what it is. Let's say it stopped today. He's gonna have a bunch more at the end of the by the end of the year. Well, the next like streak would start on Friday. Right, tomorrow, right. So yeah, that that's like okay. The streak continued, but even if it hadn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't. That doesn't make what he's done this year any less impressive. Which is why I was a little bit surprised he came back into the game. Alas, um, he did. The streak continues, and we will continue uh, discussing that moving forward. Number five, we got to blow through these. Malik Monk, uh, Malik Monk needed to carry the scoring load with Fox out. He looked solid early, but like the rest of the squad, he couldn't buy a bucket. Uh, finished 14 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Shot just 6 of 17 from the field. Not great. Not a, again, he's really struggling with the three ball, uh, although he, he did shoot 2 for 5 in this game. Um, but, yeah, he, he just hasn't looked like himself for a little bit. Yeah, strange, strange vibe. Like 14, 5, and 5 with a steal from your 6 man, you will take that. Yeah. But it just, he's not, there's a spark that he provides when he's at his best that just doesn't seem to be there right now. Well, that in his number, uh, like the five assist number, he has more five assist number uh, games than any reserve in the NBA. Like yeah. what he does as a secondary guy is pretty impressive. Yeah, NBC showed this stat last night that he last year set the record for assists by a Kings bench player. Mm-hmm. And he has already surpassed that number this year. Oh, he's tied it. Yeah, that's oh, right. T- oh, he's tied it. He tied oh, okay. it in that game. He tied it. Wow. Yeah. Man. No, nuts. that's that's crazy, isn't it? Nuts. Number six. Uh, number six. Uh, showed something. Chris Warte is trying to earn minutes. Uh, he got hit in the eye in the first half. And I may or may not have asked for him to play the second half with an eye patch. You did. That was my hot take. Yeah. Um, 18 points, 7 to 14 shooting, four makes from deep. He was impactful in the sea of ineptitude. Yeah. Um, and that's what Mike Brown always preaches. Like, mm-hmm. go out there, like, just because it's the game's over doesn't mean you stop playing. Yes. Like, you go out there and you show me something. And I thought Chris Forte, he scored 12 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he played hard for 48 minutes. Yeah. And it, it, on some level, when we talk about this team, like, that matters. Mm-hmm. Whether Chris Duarte should start or have a big role, I don't, I don't know. But that he played hard for 48 minutes last night, uh, that sticks out to me. Yeah, yeah. Shout two, out to Chris Duarte. Two blocks, two steals. Like, yeah. he he was impactful. Yeah. All right. That's it for Six Quick Thoughts. Um, Keegan Watch. We talked a lot about Keegan Murray yesterday. Uh, Mike Brown listens to the show. Yeah, clearly. That's what, that's what we're going with. We'll tell you why next on The Insiders. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. And we got Keegan Watch. We'll tell you why Mike Brown listens to the insiders. Or why we think he listens. At least give away a Jiffy Lube uh, $100 gift certificate yeah, as well. Pack. Oh, this is our last day to qualify to win the jersey in February, too. Oh. Oh, boy. Well, All of you guys should be rushing you? in. We will have the Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game and a key word for you coming up in a bit. When you enter, you enter to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate and you will enter to win a Sacramento Kings jersey courtesy of Jiffy Lube. That's right. So we'll have that for you coming up in a bit. Before we get to the important stuff, though, I have something more important than any of that. Okay. A Twitter user yesterday, I'm finding the tweet right now, but a Twitter user yesterday, um, a man named Dylan Powell, who appears to just uh, put things out like engagement bait, Oh, and he gets me all the time, said, name an athlete who, if you heard they survived an unarmed encounter with a grizzly bear, wouldn't surprise you. Mm-hmm. And so you saw a lot of like, um, you saw a lot of like Jason Kelsey. You saw a lot of um, Mercedes Lewis was one of the ones I saw in there. Is that like Steven Adams? A lot of a lot of guys like that. James Johnson. James Johnson, another good one. He's a like He's a dangerous dude. Third degree black belt. His nickname is Bloodsport. Is it incredible nickname? That is incredible. So that yeah, James Johnson's a great, great one. film. Great film, everyone. Bloodsport. Um, this uh, this person I follow on the internet named Scott uh, Karasik. Shout out to Scott. Big Falcons guy. Quote tweets Dylan Powell's tweet and says, Tyreek Hill. Mm. Because ain't no way a grizzly bear chasing that dude down after he starts sprinting away. Scott! <laughs> the disrespect of the grizzly bear in this tweet is... Uh, you know, I can't even... I'm going to let Monty Williams say it for me. An abomination. Thank you. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of I it. am tired of the grizzly disrespect from Scott. Ain't no way a grizzly bear... A grizzly bear would catch Tyreek Hill jogging. Mm. It just is like, not even... Just like the big trot, like... Yeah, bro, Not dude, even full-blown grizzly, sprint. Now a, grizzly, now, a grizzly bear is not... It's not a like a wild dog. Wild dogs are, are gnarly. They're not like running around and chasing wildebeest for, you know, 
miles. Yeah. It's not like that. But a grizzly bear, 30 to 35 miles an hour, top speed for up to 100 yards. That's a burst. That is moving. Yeah, that's moving. You got an NFL player. You got a fast NFL player. They're going 22, 23, and that's like, wow. This guy made a mistake. He just didn't know his grizzly bears. He had no idea. He talked trash about that grizzly bear. <laughs> Whatever like, you know, grizzly. Oh, Tyree Kill, he's just going to run away. Yeah, try and run away from a bear that wants to kill you, bro. Yeah, You're I mean, better off pounding pots and pans and getting big and yelling back. That's right. That's right. That's like, the, I, don't try and run. Are you like nuts? I wonder. I wonder if he believes that Michael Phelps could outrun, uh, could outswim Shark. He's like I saw it on Discovery Channel. I think he could. I saw it on Shark Week. I, I think he could. Like no, he could not. No chance. No. If a shark, if a shark is committed to catching you in the water, you have no chance. Done. If a grizzly bear is committed to revenanting you, you have no chance. <laughs> You have none. That was a great movie. It, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought I was going to hate it. I was ready to hate it. Didn't hate it. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. But I, I, was, I was really, really frustrated by the, the disrespect of the top end speed of the grizzly bear. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Just a t- Thank you. It is embarrassing. Yeah. You know what else it is? This is completely BS. It is. It's it complete is. crap. It's, oh, you know what? It's a complete crap. It is a. It is a. The tweet's still up, crap. by the way. Mm. Just, just spouting. Just take it down. Disinformation. Man. Take it down. Come on. <laughs> Got to be better than that, Kyle. <laughs> One of the things we talked a lot about yesterday was Keegan Murray's importance to the Kings moving forward. Mm-hmm. Not just for for this year, but for the future. Like what we're learning about the Kings right now, who's going to fit, who's not. Keegan Murray is that that third guy that they need to start ascending uh, at a higher than he has so far. I think you've seen some improvement from him this year, from year one to year two, but they need to see that that rise, that ascension become a little bit more rapid. And we talked about this yesterday. And you 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 said his development is the most important thing for the next 25 games. Oh, yeah. You got to get him going. I, I, I don't think that there's anything else that you should be concentrating on. Like, I mean, you, you got to make to win. You got to win. You got to make the playoffs. Right. And your goal, but if you're not looking at this season and and realizing that the West is just like one giant buzzsaw, and then getting out of the first round of the playoffs is going to be very difficult, and getting out of the second round of the playoffs is nearly impossible, and getting out of the Western Conference Finals is impossible, then you're not watching the game. Yeah. You're just not. You, you're not watching the teams you're competing with. You're not watching what they've done to you in mm-hmm. some of these matchups. Mm-hmm. Like this is very clear. You need more pieces, but more than that, you need the pieces that you do have to continue to elevate their game. Mm-hmm. And the one guy that you have that can take a meteoric jump, that can go from averaging 15 points a game right now to 22 next year or something, there's only one guy that you have that can do that. Unless you're just going to give Malik Monk like every opportunity to start him alongside De'Aaron Fox and have like this crazy like battle over the ball, and I don't think that works either. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think it's going to happen. So Mike Brown heard our discussion apparently. Clearly, (laughs) he talked about it after the game yesterday. This is courtesy of NBC Sports. Yeah, you know I've had and I will continue to have conversation with Keegan. We want Keegan to be aggressive uh, uh, because we, we feel like his development is necessary for us to continue our 
climb as a team. And um, uh, so not just because of tonight, but, you know, going forward, uh, I'm always going to tell them, hey, be aggressive. Uh, just because this guy's in the game or that guy's in the game, uh, you go ahead and you take the lead. And if you see any opportunity to take advantage of the defense or your defender, uh, we're all for it. Shout out to Mike Brown. We're all for it. Basically what we said yesterday. But again, this goes to what Kenny said yesterday as part of that conversation. Mike Brown, I'm sure, is in Keegan's ear. And Mike Brown has said in, in podiums uh, at other times this year, the only time I'm going to get upset with Keegan is when he doesn't shoot. Yeah. And now now we, we can talk about the Kings and running plays for him and this and that. But part of the onus is on him as a player. Oh, yeah. And if someone thinks that I'm not saying that, that that's the case, you're crazy. Sure. Like, Keegan Murray is it has a definite responsibility in this whole thing. But, like, even last night, 9 of 17. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I needed to see 12 of 24. Yeah, like a high-volume night. Yeah, I mean, the points that he scored in the late fourth quarter, that's that's fine. And I, I guess it's it's also possible that, you know, the game was just over. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to keep piling on. But this is what he has to do. And and I like when, you know, we call out the Demonis thing, like going back in the game late. But I like that Mike Brown does this, that he puts guys back out in a situation where, like, look, you are the man right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you to go out there, Keegan, and I need you to score, score, score. I need you to get in a rhythm so you're a better player when we go face the Minnesota Timberwolves on Friday. Mm-hmm. You're in a rhythm. You're you're ready to go. You're you're the guy that we need to score. Just in case there is no De'Aaron Fox, but even if there is a De'Aaron Fox, we really could still use 22, 24, 26 points from you. And that's kind of where I'm at. Like, it's not that we're you have to push him into something that he's not. It's that you have to push him into something that he's going to be. And I think everyone can see where Keegan Murray could go as a player. Yeah, and doing it at the end of the game is is great, but I need that when it's not out of hand. Yeah, totally. That's I, I, the kind of the... the I mean, he was great in the, the first quarter. Thing. Great. He was. And when you saw... He goes four of... What was it? Four of eight in the first quarter? Yeah. Three or four from three? Um, first quarter, he had 11 points, four of eight shooting, three or four from three. Right, and it was like, man, look at... There's key. That's, that's it. But give me that for all 32 minutes you're in the game, 33 mm-hmm. minutes you're in the game. Yeah. That's what I don't, that's what I don't understand. And I, and I, I, I get the dynamic is a little bit different with De'Aaron Fox on the court because he, he is so dominant offensively that you want him getting his opportunities. But there are ways that De'Aaron Fox can cook and, Keegan Murray can also get shots up. The best version of the Kings. You saw it last night. It's not a coincidence that their best quarter of the game was the one where Keegan Murray was as active as he was all night. Yeah. That is not a coincidence. And on some level, like that, he he needs to to realize that. Like he's not infringing on anybody. He's not stepping on anybody's toes. There's nobody else. There's it is De'Aaron Fox in in two years, ideally. Mm-hmm. The Kings' offensive pecking order would be De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray. But bottom line, like in terms of scoring, like putting the ball in the hoop, like that would be it. But it's it's, and I'm sure Mike Brown would tell you that's what he wants right now. He wants that today. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, you get okay, yeah, hey, that's a great quarter. Yes, like eight shots in a quarter, you shoot fifty percent, you're seventy five percent from three, and then just. <laughs> 
Mm. Just flat the rest of the way. Yeah, the rest of the the rest of the game, ten minutes. So his other twenty three minutes, he took nine shots. Well, five and nine, and over three from three. Yeah. So he's just five of six on twos. Take more twos. Get in the mid range. Yeah. I'd also point out too, like Sass says here in the in in the chat, uh, Keegan good. Keegan is good when shots are falling. Herder's good when shots are falling. Barnes good when shots are falling. Keegan still provides a lot more. Yes, he does. He provides a lot more when shots aren't falling than the other guys. And it's not about it's not about Keegan being good. Like of course, every NBA player looks better when their shots are going down, like mm-hmm. for sure. But that's not what this is about. This isn't about Keegan making or missing shots. It's about him taking shots. Yeah. It's about him carving out a bigger role in the offense, and I I promise you the Kings want the same thing because he is supposed to be the third member of a championship-winning core. That is their goal with him and Sabonis and Fox. That's the goal. Yep. And having a dude who, like, yeah, hey, he's going to have stretches where he's shooting it eight or nine times a game and he's scoring five or six points. You know, he's good defensively, though. Pull down some rebounds. Like, no, that's that's a not your third best player. Yeah. He has to grow beyond that. So I thought, uh, as far as Keegan watch goes, I, I did no, no levels up for me last night. No, he just, it's kind of a Keegan game. Okay. Led the team in field goal attempts. That's great. Yeah. He like just left you wanting a little bit more because again, you can't flash that this is who you can be yeah. and not, and not, Give us I, the rest of it. You said that a couple times, and I think it's important to to iterate that point a little bit more. I don't want 30 shots. That's a lot. Yeah. There are very few players in the league where you're cool with them taking 30 shots in a game. And But in a game, especially like last, like last night, 23, 24... Give me, give me, give me something that shows that he's growing toward that player, and I didn't, I didn't really think we got it last night. It's okay. kind of a bummer. I'm with you. Um, and it... It really, yeah, I just go back to it, reflected the game. King's offense really good in the first quarter. Keegan really good in the first quarter. And then when he goes away, they don't, with no De'Aaron Fox, what, who, what, what's next? Yeah. Because Sabonis is not the player who's going to be like, yeah, hey, no Fox, I'm going to take over offensively tonight. It's not his game. It's not what he's going to do. Well, that, and Kyle, I would, I would say that I've been a staunch supporter of, of, leaving Malik Monk on the bench, right? Mm-hmm. If De'Aaron Fox is gone, I think that not only you have to find somebody that can fill in for his spot, but then just use Malik Monk more as a second unit guy, mm-hmm. right? But in that game specifically, I started feeling like, okay, number one, you don't have somebody else that can step into De'Aaron Fox's shoes. Like whether it's Davion Mitchell or it's, or it's Keon Ellis, or it's no. Chris Duarte. You do not have the guy that can step in at all. Nope. And I, I think that that is another critical flaw to this team. The only guy who can play anything like De'Aaron Fox is Malik Monk. But then you don't have anyone to replace Monk with yeah. the second unit. So you really put yourself in this situation where, you know, if you go to your second unit and the only score that you have in the second unit is Trey Lyles, that's a problem. And it's a flaw to this team that mm-hmm. I didn't, you don't think of because because the Kings have been so healthy, right? So yeah. when you have a, a group of guys that play almost every single night, you start to lose sight of the fact that there are teams out there that, that don't have that same thing, that mm-hmm. they have different players on the bench that can do different things. And I think that there is a, a true lack of scoring on the bench 
someone brought up in the chat, well, you know, Sasha's not there. And I I agree that, like, look, Sasha would provide something in this situation. I don't know how much, but Sasha is also a player who's very dependent on somebody else getting him in the right spot and, and in the right position to score, whether it's on a back cut or whether it's a, a three. He's not creating anything for himself. And when you go away from De'Aaron Fox, you or when you don't have De'Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. you only have one true creator. Out, I mean, Sabonis is a creator, but it's in a different way. Right. You only have one true creator, and that's Malik Monk. There's a difference between creating by holding the ball in the high post and finding cutters and, and manipulating the defense and doing that. DHOs. Right. Yeah. And breaking a defense down off the dribble. Yes. And getting into the paint. Those are wildly different things. Yeah. Uh, no, totally, totally. And... This isn't, like I've said this so many times, but I, I don't have any problems with Davion Mitchell. I think Davion Mitchell, he's a good kid. Um, I, he's a super hard worker. He's hes doing everything in his power to try to be the right guy. And when I watched him play last night, it was just the same exact reminder that it always is. He's just a bad fit for the system that you play. There were so many times where I watched him and it was almost as if he didn't know the offense with the starters. Yeah. And, and that's that's okay because you play with Malik Monk all the time that plays a different style, mm-hmm. and, and you don't get Domas all the time on the court with you. Yeah. You, you get a Alex Lynn or a JaVale McGee or even Trey Lyles. But there were so many times where it just looks off, and it's not whether he's hitting a shot or not. It's not that. Mm-hmm. It's that he's in the wrong spot all the time. He's doing something that stands out as you know like the old you know three of these kids are doing the same thing and one of them is doing their own thing Mm. you're just watching like hey it doesn't feel right and to me like it instantly while i'm watching it reminded me of steve wilkes it did the 49ers because steve didn't do anything wrong but it always felt like there was something off that it just doesn't look right Mm. it doesn't feel right and you get to the end of the season it's like I don't want to blame you, but I also don't want to not blame you. And at some point, like Steve wasn't able to like manipulate the defense to make it look right. Mm-hmm. And the things that he did do just always had this little bit, a little bit wrong. And that's what I look at when I'm watching Davion. And it's mm. like, look, you can, he, I believe he can go somewhere else and really find his ground, his footing in the NBA, and, and be mm. a really good player. But that doesn't change the fact that anytime I watch him play substantial minutes with the Kings, unless it's just him being a crazy defender and that's it, mm-hmm. as soon as you get to the other side of the ball, it's just you're just a smidge off of everybody else. Yeah, and I don't I don't know how else to describe it, but he just again square peg round hole. And and I feel for him because it's not like that's what he wants, but it's it's tough to be in the flow when you're not in the game all the time, and mm-hmm. when your your minutes are choppy, and when you know again it's it's not a a type of offense that's designed around you. He's not a read and react player. Mm-hmm. He's not not at all. And so like how do you how do you deal with that? And and to be honest with you, I, I, at the deadline. That's why the Kings were rumored to look at a guy like uh, DeLon Wright. Was it, did they, do you think a Davion Mitchell deal didn't happen because there wasn't one available? 
or because they wanted to hang on to him for another half a season and see if there was really try and exhaust all options with him? It's a good question because, you know, they started playing him all the time. All of a sudden, you know, he's a huge, huge part of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's not playing like 30 minutes, but there, there's a couple of games where he's played 22, 24 minutes. And, you know, again, if I'm the Kings, you know, Patty Mills just got waived by the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. I would be calling Patty Mills' agent. Oh, that'd be great. A 15-year vet, I, I don't care. Knocked out of three? Yeah, but that's, that's, doing. that's the thing. Like, he's going to fit in. He's going to be a, a guy who who knows the job, knows the task at hand, Mm -hmm. and whether his skills are diminished or not, he's still probably going to be in the right spot most of the time, and and you're going to take a downgrade on the defensive side of the ball just because Davion's a lot younger. Mm -hmm. But it's still, this team needs that other score. It needs something else. And I don't know if Patty Mills has anything left in the tank at all, Mm -hmm. but if he did, it would make sense to me that he, he would be a guy that I would go out and get. And he'd fill the Australian point guard void left by Matthew Dolovadova. Yeah, it's clearly a lack of Australians on this roster. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, it's crucial to have an Australian <laughs> on your team. You know, a I, savvy vet Australian point guard. I firmly believe it's it's Get crucial Patty Mills in here. at all times to have an Australian <laughs> on your team. Um, yeah, funny. I I don't know, and and again, I'm not trying to like fan the flames here. Or this isn't James's hot take for the day. Oh no, it's, it doesn't count either way. You're good. Yeah, I'm good either way. Uh, this is my. This is not James's leap year. Uh, like hot take. Mm. I'm just saying. Like, look, Bro, you got to figure something out. Watch the, if if I. W- it's apparent watching. That yeah, hey, this isn't. And again, let's let's. This is not about this year. This is not like wow, the Kings can't win a title this year because they have Davion Mitchell. Yeah, that's not no. what it is. But no. when when. We when we talk about this team and you you look at them into the future, that's kind of what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. When you start projecting out, you're going, man, there's not a role for a player like Davion Mitchell. Not Davion Mitchell specifically. Not him as a person. Not it's not he's not a bust. His it's not go play in in China. It's not that. It is there is not a role for this type of player in this offense. Yeah. And that's just that's just it. That's that happens all the time on teams. Yeah. Danny Gray, wide receiver with the 49ers. We'll talk about the 49ers coming up in a bit. But Danny Gray, Niners drafted him in the third round. They're like, wow, this guy is fast as hell. We are gonna figure out how to use him. And it turns out, you know what? Hey, his skill set just doesn't really fit with what they want to do offensively. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean Danny Gray's a bad player. That doesn't mean he can't go somewhere else and eventually have success. But it looks like, yeah, hey, you know what? He's he, this is not. This is not going to work out. Yeah. That's just, that happens sometimes, man. No, I, I totally agree. And and then when I look at the Kings bench, I, I keep wanting, like, you got to have something else. Y- you need another element on the bench that you don't they, have. It is like, I was just this, you said that right as I was looking down their roster. Because I was going to present like, hey, what if, th- what if, what about this guy? But it's like when you haven't gone grocery shopping in a while. And you keep going to your fridge looking for a snack, and you're like, ah, nope, still nothing. It's not there. It's just it's just shredded cheese and coffee creamer. <laughs> ah, I guess I'll just make a cup of coffee. I don't know. Like that's <laughs> no. working in my life. But uh, that's that's how it feels. Like you look at the bench and you go, Malik Monk, heck yeah, like that's there. Trey Lyles, you see what he's got, and then it's <sighs> like you just 
And then it's like if you're Mike Brown and you're looking down the bench and you're like, I need something different tonight. I need some sort of energy punch. I need somebody that can go out. I, I need a Terrence Davis type guy. Mm-hmm. You look at the bench and you don't have it. And that's really difficult. It is. It's like you feel like at a certain point that there are times where this team is, it's not just that they're one major piece away. They're also come some of these smaller pieces away that that they kind of have glossed over and not really found. Mm-hmm. And you can't just spend all your money all the time and and go crazy. But what you do need to do is find players that that could help you in a pinch. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Again, I, I think that's where Sasha Vazenkov. Sure, could he put up twelve points in a game? Fourteen points? Eighteen points? Yes. But everything he's going to do is predicated on somebody else setting him up. Mm-hmm. You don't have another creative guy outside of Monk, and nope. it's just a it's sort of the reality of the situation. And when you lose one of your playmakers, there isn't someone else who steps into that role, and you naturally just keep going. How do you feel about Mason Jones? Thirteen minutes last night, he fought hard. He did, dude. Like legitimately, yeah. He played his ass off. Yeah, he went zero for three from the field. He was zero for two from from behind the arc. Before rebounds, four assists. And just flying around every second he was on the court. Oh yeah, totally, totally. I was well. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to do if you're. Yeah. Yes. Now, if they had a, I don't know if Mason is as a real scorer. I haven't really looked at what his his game looks like as far as a G League player and stuff. But for me, um, you know, that's maybe you could find somebody in the G League. Maybe you can find someone like that. But you know, like Terrence Davis isn't walking through that door. Uh, He popped his his uh, Achilles and Mm -hmm. he's done. Uh, but that's a type that I'm talking about where when you do have to go to the bench and you got to go deep to the bench sometimes, you got to like, hey, I need someone who can go up there and get me 15 points uh, in a different way. They, mm-hmm. The Kings don't have that bucket. Yeah. They need it. Yeah. Badly. We'll talk about that in, in the offseason, how, how they can fix this roster. Right now we're trying to figure out uh, who belongs, who doesn't, and Keegan Murray's continued growth. We have a Jiffy Loop Fast Break Player of the Game for you coming up, mm-hmm. and then uh, we sprinkled in a little bit of 49ers talk there with uh, some metaphors. I have a couple trade ideas I want to throw at you. I'm in. It's Leap Day, which means these don't count. Oh. And that's why I'm going to mention one of them. Let's do Only it. Only because it's Leap Day and it doesn't count. That's James and Kyle. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Well, this is a treat. It's the second hour. I'm Kyle. That's James. We're hanging out till noon. And we will give way to D'Lo and KC. But it's not just Kyle and James because uh, our, our I, I hate calling you our boss. You are technically... But, but I hate calling yeah. you that because it feels disrespectful. Like, I'm not like, oh, the boss is here. <laughs> no, our, our, our homie Charlie is in the building, and he heard me say that because it's leap day. Exactly. Your takes don't count today. Exactly. You can fire off whatever you want to say. Okay. I'm trying to trade De'Aaron Fox. I, I heard that. I won't be tomorrow. Uh, I, I was going to say, if you do, you won't be here tomorrow. <laughs> it's contractually obligated. Uh, what, do you, what do you got for your, your leap day take that doesn't count? Here is my take. Oh, God, I, I want to replace Rob Manford as the commissioner of baseball with Billy Bean. Oh, my God. This is great. Go on. Because Billy Bean, I really don't think Billy Bean likes baseball. I've never thought that he liked baseball. I think he just likes running things, and I think he likes to win. Okay. And he runs things by stats. He runs things by numbers. Mm. And baseball right now needs somebody to understand things. Now, let me explain to Oakland A's fans that having Billy Bean be the commissioner of baseball does not necessarily mean that the A's would stay in Oakland. Sure. Because he would take a very, very hard look and all the numbers and everything that was mm-hmm. involved, and he would make a very dispassionate look at whether or not they should stay there. Okay. But baseball needs somebody to take a look at that game from a totally different perspective. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why Moneyball worked was because Billy dared to look at the game from a right. different perspective. Zoomed out. And and right now, baseball is, is like a bad game of incest and all they do is they just keep uh, i'm a hillbilly so you know I've, I've been to, i'm I, like where is he going here I, i've been to so many weddings where, where it starts off with do you cousin take your cousin it, it's you know it, it just it's Jesus. just you know i mean wow. really i mean you know when you grew up in west virginia and tennessee and kentucky it just happens S-E-C. Uh, <laughs> So, but really, seriously, you need a different viewpoint. And and they just keep hiring people that are within, and they keep having the same view. The only time they didn't have that, mm-hmm. is, and, and you guys won't remember this, but when they had Peter Uberoth, and they hired Peter after he successfully ran the Olympic Games in Los Angeles back in the 80s, and they mm, brought him right. in. He was there for four years. They were having a lot of success, and they hated it. Because he was changing the game, he was changing the way it was marketed. He mm-hmm. was changing the, the the way it was being it was it being directed, and the owners hated it because they didn't know what was happening because somebody else was in charge. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what Billy would do. I think he would change the whole perspective, flip it on its head, and it's exactly what's needed. Billy Bean, Commissioner of Baseball. I love it. That's a fantastic. There it is. Fantastic take from Charlie. 
Honestly, I wouldn't. Oh, sorry, James turned on the. <laughs> nope, that's you. There we go. Uh, I'm learning mics. Honestly, I would pocket that take any day of the week. Okay, any day of the year, I'm in. I've never heard the term game of incest, but that's yeah, okay. That's a, that's a... <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, I don't, have, I don't have the same buttons Damien does to throw a flag. Flag. We don't have the flags either. No, we don't. Um, I felt like I needed of, to stand up and yell. Speaking of Charlie, uh, tonight at 6.30 p.m., the same Denver Nuggets that the Sacramento Kings faced last night are playing right here on ESPN 1320 against the Miami Heat, who the Sacramento Kings played three nights ago. Ooh. Two nights ago? Three nights ago. Tuesday. Monday? Monday? Sunday, Monday. What day is it? Today is Thursday. Thursday. They played Monday and Wednesday. They played three nights ago. Okay. We have, like, all week long, we have been Boy, messed up with the days. You and I have not been able to figure it out. No. Yeah. I, all day yesterday, I thought it was Tuesday. Which is nice. Yes. Jesse said to me the same, Jesse and I are on the same mental calendar because he's like, man, it feels like a Thursday. Mm. And there's nothing worse than a day of the week feeling later than it is in the week. Yeah. I'm wondering if anyone else will come in matching us today. I just it's a it's a vibe. I don't think Damien is probably going to be matching us. No, probably not. Yeah, no, no. In fact, you know what? I don't think anybody. There's too much style on that show. Yeah, on D'Lo and Casey. Yeah, find yeah, out true. on the handoff coming up in about 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> Miami at Denver, 6:30 tonight on ESPN 1320. We are your home for NBA basketball, the play-ins, playoffs, and the finals. And coming up this weekend, Saturday. It's time to get locked into college basketball. It is almost March. Mm. Got to get those brackets ready, and we're going to help you get prepared with number five, Marquette, at number 12. Creighton, that's at 11-15 on Saturday, and then more NBA basketball. A potentially big game for the Kings. More Nuggets. The home of the Nuggets, I guess. Uh, <laughs> more Nuggets. They are at the Lakers on Saturday, and the Kings trying to gain some separation now because now all of a sudden you have to look at the 9-10 seeds. Like now, now you kind of have to, yeah. Not focus on them. You're still focused on what's ahead, because they're they're still a half game behind Dallas for the seven, and a game back of Phoenix and New Orleans for for five and six. Like those are still very much there. But with the Lakers win last night, which was nuts, the Lakers are now only two back of Sacramento. Oh boy, and that's oof. that's not great. We are dangerously close to a Kings Warriors playing game. Kyle. Don't don't put that it's out. It's leap in the day. World. It's leap day. I can say don't put I that want. out in the world, I'm Kyle. Not, look, I'm not. I'm just. I'm. Look, the Lakers had no business winning that game last night against the Clippers. LeBron James goes 19 points in the fourth quarter, drags the Lakers back into that game. It's wild. They get a big three from Rui Hachimura. They get a big three from D'Angelo Russell. They knock off the Clippers, which. I mean, I guess theoretically helps Sacramento, especially if Sacramento had won last night. Mm-hmm. But it keeps the Clippers within within reach, four and a half games back. Sacramento is of LA in the number four seed, but just keeps the Lakers hanging around. Only two back. Okay, so there is a little bit it's of scary. good news after uh, last night's game. The Sacramento Kings now have the, according to Tankathon. The ninth most difficult schedule at a five eleven strength of schedule. Why is that good news? Uh, because they were third toughest oh, schedule. Okay, so it's getting like, easier, trending yeah, the right way. Yeah, if you take out a couple, the last three games has has impacted this greatly. 
Uh, the Lakers have the seventh toughest schedule. Mm-hmm. Phoenix Suns have the first toughest schedule. Okay. Um, and then teams around the Kings, uh, it's it's not great. Like the Golden State Warriors, 24th strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, they're 20th. Dallas is 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a big one. New Orleans is 14th. So uh, you're, but you're much closer to these groups. Even the Clippers, uh, the Clippers have the same exact difficulty left. They're five eleven win percentage against. Um, the the good news for for the Kings mm-hmm. with with that is we talk about the standings and trying to catch teams and gain separation. You talk about their strength of schedule and how tough it is. Well, they have two left against the Lakers. Like that is a spot where you can get wins and gain that separation that we just talked about. Yep. You have two left against Dallas. You've got one against the Clippers. You've got one against Oklahoma City, one against New Orleans, and one against Phoenix. Those are like the toughest bits of the schedule. Um, Milwaukee is in there as well, but they're in the East, so we're going to wipe them out for a second. Those are the toughest games left on the schedule, and they have one at Boston. Okay. But, I would say, like, look, the Kings, their strength of schedule, like the... The six toughest games or seventh toughest games they have left, they've got one more against the Celtics, one more against the Timberwolves, one more against OKC, one more against the Clippers, one more against the Bucks, and two more against the Knicks. They haven't played the Knicks yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? So those are the most difficult games that you have. But the fact that most of those are ones is big. So you only play the Celtics once. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game on Friday against Minnesota is the last game, and it will decide mm-hmm. sort of the... Uh, with the season schedule. And and the reason I bring this up is because the Clippers have two against Minnesota. They've got two against the Bucks, two against the Suns, two against the Jeez. Pelicans. They've got one still against Denver. They've got one against Cleveland. And that's where you kind of like start circling. Strength of schedule can mean a couple of things, but like the, the tough teams that you play, mm-hmm. like the Kings are okay with teams around them. The outside of the Pelicans that they can't beat. Yeah. It's and they're okay with most of the high end teams except for the Eastern Conference teams. They only have really one more of those games against the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, there isn't a lot of those crazy, crazy difficult games that uh, you circle and say, "Oh, that's that's going to be a problem." You know, again, you look at Dallas. Dallas has uh, still a game against the Celtics, two against OKC, one against Denver, one against Philly, two against the Heat, and of course, two against the Kings left. Um, I think it's interesting that the Kings are part of the strength of schedule for Dallas and Dallas is not part of the strength of schedule <laughs> for the Kings. So a couple things to this. One, among the tough games left for Sacramento, the point I was I was making is mm-hmm. there are teams in the West that are going to allow them to gain ground if they win those games. You got to win anyways. Yeah. You got to start stacking wins anyways and you'll get opportunities to gain full games on these teams where you can help yourself. And that's that's a big deal. And then you mentioned the Knicks. The Knicks are are listed as tough games because they're thirty five and twenty four, and they've been really good for the most part. But they are super banged up, and they've lost six of eight. So that that's one of those the strength of schedule metric doesn't match up with how the team is playing mm-hmm. at the moment. So um, no, no, it's it, it's good. An okay, spot the Kings still have. One against Washington, one against the Spurs, one against uh, the Blazers, one against Memphis, mm-hmm. one against the Raptors, one against the Nets. That's a good thing. Yeah. You still got six games against teams that, like, realistically are, are winnable games. Yeah. Do you get the Blazers in there, too? Yeah, they're in there. Got the, got the Blazers on 
April 14th, season finale. Um, oh, we have to break. Oh. Oh, it's time to break. Okay, great. We're going to do that. Let's do that. Uh, interesting stuff coming out of the King's locker room last night. We'll talk about it next on ESPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Some interesting post-game quotes from the Sacramento Kings locker room last night. Mm-hmm. I say interesting because I genuinely don't know what to make. I know it's leap day, so I should just... Go all in. Yeah, but I'm not. I, I don't, okay. don't want to do that mostly because I don't want to misrepresent what people are saying. Yeah. No, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, Chris Biederman doing a great job covering the Sacramento Kings for the Sacramento Bee. Sure, it's nice that you can say his name. It is. Yeah, I don't have to make up, make up Voldemort fictional names. names for him. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Biederman, my dear friend and podcast co-host, who was in my wedding, uh, <laughs> uh, reported this last night to be, didn't report it last night to be, wrote this last night in the Sacramento Bee. I uh, had a couple of quotes. There's one from Demonis Sabonis, and I just, what, I, I'm, I'm going to read this off and I want to know what you make of it, James. Demonis Sabonis, quote, I feel like we could have done better with our game plan and stuff against their main guys. And then when asked to elaborate, he said, quote, coverages, stuff out there that we switched up or whatever. What do you take from that? That the team didn't follow the game plan? You think it's the team didn't follow it? Yeah, I'm not, I don't believe he's calling out the coaching staff there. Like, knowing Domas... He's saying, like, we could have done more with with the game plan that we were given, and we didn't follow through on the game plan. We should have done more against the players that, that got hot. That, that's at least the way I read that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, it could be controversial, but I, I don't think so. No, that's how I read the first part, but then when he says coverages and stuff out there that we switched up or whatever, that's what I... I'm, I, know, I, I don't... Because I don't believe that Demonis Sabonis, even if even if he was the unhappiest player in the NBA and thought that Mike Brown was a joke, I don't think he would publicly say that. No, no, no. What I, I, I specifically like coverage and stuff. He was saying like, we didn't do a good job with the coverages that they put, that they gave us. Sure. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so. Like he's a straight shooter, but he's certainly not someone who's ever going to go full controversy. So, like, I mean, I was in the locker room with Costa Kufis for four years who just spoke in cliches <laughs> and, and was, like, hilarious. Yeah. And it got so bad at certain points that I would start yeah. laughing, and then he would start laughing while he's saying, you know, we're just yeah. going to go out there, we're going to give it our best, you yeah, know, yeah. we're going to give 110%, we're going to leave it all out there, and, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll let the chips fall where they may, and, you know, you win some, you lose some. You're like, wow, you just strung together just like trying to help the ball like club. <laughs> 43 different cliches. Like, wow. Yeah. Complicated. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I mean, we know defensively what the Kings are and what they're not. And whatever they did last night didn't work particularly well, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the more interesting one to me was Kevin Herter. Yeah. Kevin Herter said, quote, I wish I was out there to help us more. And I get that he probably wants to, to, I mean, every player wants to play, especially when you're a starting NBA player. Mm -hmm. Played 18 minutes, 
He yep. goes two of five from the field, 0 for two from three. He turned it over three times. He had two assists and a rebound. He just didn't play well. And he got cooked defensively. It was just not a, a good game for Kevin Herter. And I'm a little bit surprised that he would say something like that in, in that frame. Because perhaps he means like, wish I had played better so I could have been out there. But to just be like, I wish I could have been out there more. Yeah. You know, lacks self-awareness to me. Okay. Um. Again, I, I, you know, again, I wasn't standing there listening to Kevin and I yeah, haven't yeah. seen like video of it. Um. And I don't think there is video of it. So I would, I would doubt it. I'm going to guess. Okay. So I, I'm trying to look up when did Herter go back in? Um, did he start the, the second quarter? Um, let's see. Played six minutes in the second quarter. He played six minutes, but he came out. He uh, heard her for, for Keegan Murray at the 8.59 mark. Mm-hmm. And at that point, um, the Kings were up 10 at 42 to 32. Mm-hmm. He plays uh, like there's a good portion of the second quarter where he plays um, while the Kings are getting bombed. And so he subs out at the 315 mark. They're down four at that point. So there's a 14-point swing. Oof. Kevin Herter ran a negative 15 in the second quarter. And I'm not saying that that's on Kevin Herter. Uh, I, that's just something that happened. I mean, it could be on Kevin Herter. But, but, if, you're, I, I, but if you're the coaching staff and you're figuring out if Kevin Herter is going to play down the stretch yeah. and you see a minus 15 in six minutes and nine seconds, yeah, don't love the matchup. No, it's not great, and and you start the third quarter. the uh, The first possession, Harrison Barnes breaks a twenty four footer. The second possession, Kevin Herter turns the ball over. Like then he, then the third possession, we got a Demonis Sabonis missed jumper, followed by a steal by uh, Davion Mitchell, followed by two missed free throws by Kevin Herter. <laughs> so like again, uh, they call a timeout. They come out of it. Uh, Harrison Barnes cutting dunk, right? We remember the dunk, which was mm-hmm. spectacular. The next play, Kevin Herter foul. So, like, look, I'm not saying that Kevin Herter did anything, but at, by the time Kevin Herter came off the court, it was 75 to 57. Him, uh, Davion, Harrison Barnes all came out at the same moment in the third quarter with 8.15 remaining, and the Kings were down 15. Like they mm. were getting pummeled at that point. Mm. And Mike Brown went to a different group. And by the time that group did anything, the game was over. Yeah. I mean, they were down 32 points with a minute 14 left in the quarter. Yeah. So that's next seven minutes. Like that's why you didn't play. You didn't play because they're not going to keep throwing you out there when the game's over. Right. And he says, I wish I could have been out there to help us more. It's like they tried. Yeah. They tried to put you and the game fell apart while you were in. Yeah. And again, it's not that that's, oh, everybody was playing great and Kevin Herter messed up. No, no. But there was something with what the Nuggets were doing that Kevin Herter being on the court didn't help the Kings. When you were in a minus 20 in 18 minutes, it's really hard for me to stomach hearing, uh, oh, yeah, I wish I'd been out there more. Yeah. If he'd been out there more, they might have lost by 40. Yeah, I think he probably meant, I wish I could have helped more. I could. I wish that's I would. I wish a, I would have done yeah. more. I wish I could have helped yeah. more. And it comes across as like I wish I would have been out there more. Well, he did. And and Chris wrote this in the B. He got asked to elaborate. Like, hey, what do you, what do you mean? And he declined to elaborate. Oh, all right. I com- <laughs> yeah. I don't. Know. No, I don't it's know. an interesting dynamic too. Um, 
Like kind of has been all year. Well, I, I Kevin has been like a pretty straight shooter too. Like when when given an opportunity to have discussions, he's been up mm-hmm. and down, mm-hmm. right? And you know, for the most part, the last couple of weeks he's been on a on a pretty good upswing. I would just say that there is a comfort level with certain people and certain players, and like I I, I think that it's more complicated than mm-hmm. than I, I want to go into. And you sure. and I have had some of these discussions off the air about certain things that happen with media who's in the locker room, who's not. Yeah. But that's a problem because, you know, when someone's asking you questions and you don't know them, mm-hmm. sometimes you're not all that forthcoming. I guess. No, I, it's I mean. It's not like Chris is new. No, no, no. But He around a lot last year. Yeah. He's been well, on road trips this year. He was he was around a lot early on. I, I'll I'll just say I like there there is a, a familiarity like because sure. even there was a, a point early in the season when Sean went and talked to so hang on Ru- Kevin I, Herter. Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead, keep going. Yeah, he talked to Kevin when uh when Kevin had been benched and was sensitive to the fact that Kevin had just been benched and like had a conversation and. And, you know, I thought it was a, a good moment where, you know, I got to be better and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I This is one of those games where I think everyone needs to just crumble it up and throw it away. Uh, it happens. And that's, to me, it's not an acceptable loss, but it's one that you put in that you got beat by a really, really good team that got hot and ran, your, ran you over while your best player was on the bench with an injury. Yeah. I just, I, I don't, I, I'm having a hard time grasping how, I wish I was out there to help us more. And then saying like, can you elaborate on that? And he goes, no. Yeah. I, that's, and I'm, I'm, no, it's again, very I wasn't possible there. Saying I like, hear, look, I want to play more. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I just have a hard time thinking that has to do with familiarity saying like, Hey, here's an opportunity to not make it look like you're bitching about your minutes. Yeah. Because there's an easy cliche answer there. It'd be like, you know, I didn't play well enough tonight. I wish I had played better. Mm-hmm. Not. I wish I was out there to help us more. No, totally. And this goes back. The only reason this even stood out, if this had been li- Trey Lyles, I don't think it would have been like, okay, whatever. But this goes back to the preseason. Yeah. And everything that's kind of gone on with, with Kevin Herter this year, his spot in the rotation, his spot in the starting lineup. Yeah, but I mean, Kevin Herter played major minutes this weekend, mm-hmm. and we didn't hear anything about, you know... Yeah. Like anything negative. I know. So. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Very much so. All right. I want to get to some 49ers trade stuff. We already scoreboard watched. We did. That was supposed to be next. Oh, no, that was supposed to be this thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, what are we doing? I'm all over the place. We haven't even done our Jiffy Loop player of the day. We got a Jiffy Loop fastback player of the game to get to. I've written that down. Um, And we've mm. got uh, some Niners trade stuff, and I got a couple more Kings notes. There we go. We'll get to next on ESPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Final segment, the handoff with, I believe it's D-Lo today. Yeah, because Casey was yesterday, so it'll be D-Lo today. It's coming up in about 15 minutes. Then we'll hand it off to them from noon to 4. We're talking at the break about the Kings, and I want to get back to that. 
before we get to this Niners trade thing, because it's a leap day, so none of our takes count, and I want to throw something out there. And I don't know exactly where I land on it, but I'm going to throw it out. We can talk through it. But before I do that, our Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game. So, Jiffy Lube, our uh, lovely sponsor. You're watching on the stream. It's behind mm-hmm. me, behind James. That's right. Up there in the corner. We love Jiffy Lube. Uh, they hooked us up with 82 $100 Jiffy Lube gift, card, gift certificates. Mm-hmm. They said, give away one of these after every Kings game. We're like, we got you. And then they said, you know what? That's not enough. Here's Kings jerseys to give away each month. This is your final opportunity to qualify for the jersey we will be giving away in February. I believe we will be giving that away tomorrow. I have to check that to be certain, but I believe we're giving it away tomorrow. If not, it'll be Monday. Okay. Is your last chance to enter. So go to ESPN1320.com. Go to the Jiffy Lube Fast Break contest page. It's right there at the front. You can't miss it. And you're going to enter keyword Malone. M-A-L-O-N-E for Michael Malone, the Denver Nuggets head coach, who finally beat the Sacramento Kings this season, moved to one and three against the team that unceremoniously ousted him eight eight years, years ago. ago? <laughs> it's a long time ago. It's a long, long time. Feels like two years ago was actually closer to a decade. Uh, so Malone, M-A-L-O-N-E is your Jiffy Lube fast break code word and uh, Mike Malone is your player of the game. Good mm. for him. Okay. He was fired up last night, man. He wanted to win that game so bad. No? Nothing? Yeah. He's absolutely like fired up. He hates he hates, he, he not hates ownership. He doesn't hate the Kings. I'd forgotten about that until you mentioned it yesterday. He, he doesn't hate the Kings. He, he d- dislikes ownership. He dislikes what happened to him. He felt like he was treated unfairly. Um, like the entire situation was bad. I also feel like like being really close to the whole situation, having like plenty of conversations, I feel like he was led astray a little bit about like how all of it worked out. Like it wasn't only Vivek that mm-hmm. caused the the issue there, which is something that he's always believed that it was like very much so ownership made a decision. But there were other people pushing and pushing and pushing mm. ownership to make some of these decisions, and it wasn't a good situation. Hmm. So interesting. I mean, like I, he willfully, like, put on the record he hadn't spoken to Pete D'Alessandro for like six weeks before he was let go. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, like can't do that. You had to talk to the GM, man. Well, no, but uh, like it, they had like all these little games that they're playing back and forth at each other, and like. It was unfortunate. Yeah, Mike's, Mike's a great coach and uh, a great guy to cover. Like, really, mm-hmm. really cool dude to cover. Um, really bright, really funny. Uh, if he wasn't going to be a uh, a coach, he would have been a history teacher. That's hmm. what he'll tell you all the time. But, of course, his dad was Brendan Malone, the outstanding, incredible uh, defensive coordinator on Jack, Chuck Daly's staff mm-hmm. with some of the great Piston teams. And uh, who passed, he, he passed away right before the season. Yeah. Uh, well... No, I think he passed away before the championship. So, yeah. Is that right? I thought we were doing a show together when he died. Maybe. Oh, I think you're right. I think he I think you're right. So, yeah, Brandon Malone was actually here with him in his his first season, uh, but he only stuck around for like a couple of weeks. Mm. And was like, yeah. Yeah, it was October 10th. My bad. That's that's the that's the the thing in King's history. 
in the during the 16 year playoff drought. Mm-hmm. That's the sliding doors moment that I would love to see the alternate universe on. Yeah, like what do they look like if Mike Malone sticks around? No, it would have been totally different. Yeah, like uh, I know there's draft picks, and I know there's they could have had Damian Lillard, and they could have had CJ McCollum, and they could have had all these all yeah. these players they could have drafted, and all these moves that they made. I get all that, but but Michael Malone is the one that that jumps out to me as the most like mm, that was that that would have worked. No, I, I totally agree. And, you know, like being there for the whole situation, Michael always gets credit for like being the, like the boogie whisperer. Like he was able to, right. to rein in DeMarcus Cousins. But even that, he had captured the imagination of the team as a whole. And they were playing extremely well. And then yeah. DeMarcus got uh, viral meningitis and sat out 10 games. That's right. And he actually, they sat him out a couple of extra games, which he didn't know at the time why they were doing that to make sure he was 100% healthy, but it was to make sure they had a losing record. And uh, yeah, it was, and then Michael Malone was let go right afterwards. Good Lord. Yeah, that whole entire situation. I mean, like, look, that's young ownership. It's, uh, you know, that's Vivek's first hire. Uh, and just the the fallout from that, though, was, was dramatic and crazy. And it actually hurt the Kings for a while because- mm-hmm. Um, the coaching world really sided with Michael Malone on that and were very stunned by what happened. Yeah. And, um, you know, Rick Carlisle has been like the head of the coaches union, whatever, for a long time, uh, made statements at the time too, about like mistreating mm-hmm. coaches and, and all that stuff. It was, it was a weird situation. So dang. Now he's gone on to have a ton of success in Denver. So, uh, congrats on congrats to him. Yeah. He's our Jiffy Lube Bassburg player of the game. Yeah. Coach of the game. Isn't that person of the game? I thought it was a, the right guy, though, because uh, this is a team that had the Kings had beat them three times, and that nothing was worse in Michael Malone's world than losing to the Kings yeah, three no, times at all. So, no. yeah. And there just wasn't a King. Like, Chris Duarte was good last night. He yeah. played hard for 48 minutes. That was good. Yeah. And then to to have an opposing player be the player of the game. They either need to have a monster game or be some rando like Dwap Reith from Oh yeah. from the Blazers. Some rando who goes and has what he had 24, like 24 and 9 or something like that against the Kings. He had oh, a really yeah. really big game. Totally kind of out of nowhere. So, uh didn't want to give it to Jamal Murray and and somebody brought this up in the in the chat earlier. That's our bad. That's our bad on Jamal Murray. Uh yeah. We we're here yesterday we we're, we're like it. We're like, yeah, really good playoff player, but just kind of in the regular season. He's just kind of a regular guy, not an all-star, da 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 And then it was for 32, 3 and 6, 13 of 15 from the field and 5 of 6 from beyond the arc. Man, that and one he had was ridiculous. That's one of the most ridiculous shots I've seen live ever. Where he's got his back to the basket and yeah. he gets landed on and as he's going down, he spins it off the glass and in. Yeah, even like shot. watching that stretch <laughs> there, I thought Davion Mitchell like defended him about as well as you can possibly defend him on multiple yeah. possessions, yeah. and it did not matter. Didn't matter. Thirteen to fifteen. Yeah, it, it didn't matter at all. So yeah, he he probably could have been our, but I didn't want confusion over the Murrays. <laughs> like just, Keegan, just, just Murray. Say Murray. Just Murray's combined for fifty three points last night. There it is. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> One Murray or the other. Um. A couple of 49ers things before we talk Kings with, with Damien when he gets in here. So there's one player who came up a, a while ago and then another player who came up yesterday. Um, the Chiefs 
have said that they want to reach a long-term deal with cornerback Legereus Sneed, first-team All-Pro this year, really good year. Uh, if they don't, they are open to tagging and then trading him. That's what they did with D. Ford with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Tyler, I, the reason I bring this up is because Tyler in our in our YouTube chat asked, and I think it's worth I think it's worth talking about. I'm out. The 49ers don't need another. Uh, Snead is going to get like top of market cornerback money. Yeah, and I don't think that's where a that's not the, if the 49ers are going to do that this year and do the maneuvers to create the space to fit in another high price player. To me, they need to either do it on the offensive line or on the defensive line. I don't even like if the defensive line is tough because I mean you've spent so much money already. The yeah. offensive line is to where I mean I they really should not only should they like do their best to to add to the interior line, mm-hmm. but they also need to spend some really high draft picks on potential replacements long term for for Williams and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I you know if if I'm the Niners and there's a way for you to trade up into the top 15 which mm. i don't know that there is but you're going to be trading up with the idea that you're not drafting a quarterback or a wide receiver mm. which that's what this draft is about but you could probably get a really good offensive yeah. lineman mm. uh and that's something that i would consider yeah just because you need to have a plan in place yeah man you can't go through another year where you and i sit here on september 3rd or whatever it is going like this is the offensive line Again, this is what they're doing. Yeah, because every big game, and again, they, they even in the Super Bowl, they had a couple of protection breakdowns, and uh, they they on two huge third downs, their their quarterback is pressured and and couldn't make the throw he needed to make to help them win that game. So I would be stunned if they don't invest more heavily this year in the offensive line than they have in any year recently. Yeah, stunned. Not yeah. only for not only for twenty twenty four, but for what you just said, Trent Williams is thirty six. Yeah. Can't play forever. No. Here's the other one. Okay. This came down yesterday. The New York Jets are giving Zach Wilson permission to seek a trade. I'm not saying yes. I'm just saying hear me out. It's leap day. It doesn't count. No, Kyle. Even on leap day. Even on leap day. That's a bad take for even for leap day. Um, no, here's so I, so I, was, I I I wanted to to write in on on NinersWire.com. I wanted to write about Zach Wilson because I think it's I think it's an interesting kind of case because they go and they pick up Sam Darnold to be Brock Purdy's backup last year mm-hmm. and potentially compete for the starting job because of the injury this and that. But this year, you know, whatever quarterback they get is going to be a backup. And the initial thought is like, dude, that's a former number two pick. You trade a sixth to the Jets and you get him in a seventh back and you pay him 5.4 for this year. It's the last year of his rookie deal. You're paying him 5.4. Your your quarterback room is, is cheap anyways. You can still bring in a Nate Sudfeld type of quarterback to round out your quarterback room for cheap. And if Sudfeld is QB2 and Zach Wilson just is absolute ass and can't even complete passes in the most quarterback-friendly offense in the league... Well, then he's QB threes inactive on game days. I and, just and best case, oh hey, he gets into this offense and he looks like the player that it, that the Jets thought they were getting number two overall. And the change of scenery and the change of offense, they find a way for Zach Wilson to be successful. Now they have a capable backup and they get a comp pick for him 
uh, next year when he when he signs. That's it. That's the case for. Okay. But as you probably heard, that's very flimsy. It's like, yeah, he's kind of inexpensive. Yeah. And he's kind of got some upside. The problem is, is he doesn't. He stinks. Mm. I think we know what Zach Wilson is. I think we fully know who he is. He's, he's just not good enough. That's and like if you're like if you're gonna bring in a quarterback, I'd rather I'd rather find somebody in the sixth round or the again, the seventh round that you think, hey, maybe it's possible that we can find somebody like Brock Purdy. Maybe mm-hmm. we can find somebody not only like Brock Purdy, but somebody who plays the same style mm-hmm. as Brock Purdy. Like I, I think that that's one thing that the 49ers have done in the past where when if you're going to have a, a quarterback like Colin Kaepernick, right, and there's a very specific style of play, mm-hmm. you should really back Kaepernick up with another player that plays that same style. So, right. so you when, have one offense. Yeah, so when the quarterback goes down, mm-hmm. which is why I think Sam Darnold is a, is a good fit, mm-hmm. right? And I, I would hope that Sam Darnold didn't play well enough in like the three minutes that he played all season that he's going to get some opportunity somewhere else. Like it seems like Darnold would probably be better served staying in San, uh, San Francisco for another mm-hmm. season. So I would also draft or or pick up in as a as a free agent, um, like a rookie to sort of you know build up behind. Yeah, uh, that could be career backup type guy. So that was that was my my that was another thing with with Zach Wilson. Yeah, is okay. I'm already very pro spending a fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever on a quarterback mm-hmm. just to have in the building, either to be a backup or if something goes sideways with Brock Purdy and he's just, oh, hey, it turns out he's actually not as good as they thought. Maybe you have a guy to develop, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. But that, I've, I've made that case. But now you could ostensibly do the same thing but get a guy who was a number two pick. Yeah. I just on the other hand, he's, he's proven that he's not dinks. good. Oh, he's, he's bad. not a good NFL quarterback. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think you just said he's not a good NFL quarterback. I don't think he's a NFL quarterback at all. Like I mm. like I don't think he'll be in the league. Like that's Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll be in the league, but I don't think he's ever gonna have I mean Nathan Peterman was around a long time. <laughs> there are quarterbacks you you're like, that guy's still in the league? How is it possible he's still in the league? Well some yeah. people feel that way about Sam Darnold. Oh yeah. I mean yeah. I don't, but some people yeah. do. You're a big believer in quarterbacks. Uh, you don't give up on guys easy. I respect that about you. No, it's well no, it's not it's not that entirely. It's that I'm a little more sympathetic to situations like the Jets. Mm, like yeah. I think the mm. Jets suck. I Would, think their entire organization sucks. I think their ownership sucks, their front office sucks and their coaching sucks. Or Past tense, I like Robert Sala and what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't, like, Sam Darnold, like, what? Now, it, Sam Darnold had the opportunity to work out of that and all that. Just, I'm, not, I'm not willing to say, oh, that dude's garbage. Like, I just don't think that's true. He might not be a starting quarterback in the league, mm-hmm. but he's probably a guy who can step in and fill in for you on an emergency basis. If you get to a situation where you need him for seven, eight, nine, ten games, mm-hmm. yeah, you're probably in trouble. Yeah. You need him for one, eh. I think you'd probably be fine. Would you trade a sixth round pick to the Jets for Zach Wilson and a seventh if you're the Niners? He costs five point four million. Uh and he's on the last year of his rookie deal. Sure. Yeah, I don't care. Like I I'm not moved by that in either direction. Like, okay. 
So if, if you're in the market for a backup quarterback and you'd rather do that than draft one, that's fine. Okay. I, I, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it fits this situation, though. Yeah. Like I feel like you'd want a quarterback. Maybe a, I feel like Sam Darnold is honestly the perfect backup quarterback for Brock Purdy. Yeah. You want someone who's been in the league a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach and Wilson, had at least a little success. Had some flashes. Well, Zach Wilson needs reps. Like he yeah. needs to play football. Like yeah. if you're if you're acquiring Zach Wilson, you want to see him play football. Yeah. I don't. I don't. You hope he doesn't get that opportunity in San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. So this is exactly like the Sam Darnold thing. He he goes from the Jets, but then to Carolina. Like it's okay. I, the Niners shouldn't be the team that makes this this second bad decision on a young quarterback who who tries to get him. It's okay for them to be the third team and say, okay, Sam Darnold was okay. He was bad. He was okay. Now he can be our backup. Eh. But I don't think you want to be the second team that's like, okay, well, what if we need if we need a quarterback? Yeah, but the Sam Darnold, but the but the Carolina situation was different because he was going there to be the starter. No, no, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I would rather see if Zach Wilson can go try to be a starter somewhere else and see if he can make it work. And if he doesn't make it work, then, okay, maybe I'm okay having it be the backup or maybe that guy's a complete wash. Sort of the exact path that Darnold has taken to get into, got to the 49ers. The Niners are too good to be the team that, that gives a, t- a guy a second chance. Yeah. They can be the third chance team. They can't be the second chance team. This is fun. Kings get their ass kicked by 30, and we talk about the 49ers backup quarterback. I'm, I'm all for this. This is terrific. I don't even think we're talking about the 49ers backup third-string quarterback. We're talking about Zach Wilson. Yeah. Well, well there's that, too. Yeah. 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 You want it while we're it, here? It, it, while we're here. It, it, while we're here. anything is better than talking about what happened last night. Yeah. Did you see that wild-ass take about the grizzly bear? <laughs> no. Might have missed that. Somebody said they would they would they would not be surprised if they found out that Tyreek Hill uh, survived a scuffle with the grizzly bear because Tyreek Hill would simply outrun the grizzly bear. Erroneous, outrageous. Okay, man. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. People say really dumb stuff. Yeah. It's the internet. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's what the internet's great for. It is. Was your takeaway from last night that the Kings weren't good enough, or that Denver might just win the finals again? It wasn't that Denver's going to win. The, it was the, it, that game. I can't say the game went exactly as I expected because I thought it was a little extreme on both ends. Um, I was really happy with how the Kings were playing, obviously, in the first quarter. But there was also a – it was like, hey, Kings Kings are playing well. They're hitting shots. Like, okay. I, I think I saw a yoke. I don't remember who it was. It, it might have been Michael Porter who kind of hit the – after uh, – I think it was Davion Mitchell's three went in. And it was – oh, it's one of those. So I, I pulled up the, the box score. It was like, oh, they're 7 of 10. Then I didn't feel as good because it was like, okay, that's that's not continuing. Right. And, and that, <laughs> They're not setting a record for uh, made three-pointers in, a, in the highest, you know, three-point percentage in league history tonight. <laughs> they're not doing that with De'Aaron Fox and street clothes. So I didn't feel as good about the first quarter after I realized they were 7 of 10 from three. What I had hoped is it's going to balance out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it doesn't balance out. Hopefully it's not like something dramatic. And then it was. They missed yeah. like their next 11. Yeah. And the thing that sometimes drives me crazy about Sacramento, and I'll use the Clippers and Kawhi as an example, the Clippers had a Kings versus Miami third quarter in the fourth quarter last night against the, the Lakers. They couldn't score. They couldn't shoot. They couldn't do anything. They fall behind, and on consecutive possessions, 
Kawhi takes the ball on the offensive end and goes to the basket. Mm-hmm. Still, still, still behind. I think they're behind, you know, four at that point. Mm-hmm. Next possession. Get a stop. Next possession. Kawhi Leonard takes the ball, goes to the basket. Shots are not falling for the Clippers anymore. Mm-hmm. So Kawhi's getting to the cup. Yep. The Kings are just like, no, the next one's going to fall. Yes. Yo, yes. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, paint touch spray. Paint touch spray. Well, no, do something else. You've missed four in a row. Now it's five in a row. Now six in a row. Literally do anything. You were just up 15 and now you're down three. Do something else. Yeah. And maybe Denver didn't allow them to and baited them into those paint touches and sprays. And the Kings took them because Mike wants them taking open shots. So Denver was like, they're cold as ice. Leave them open. Yeah, paint touch layup. Try that. They were 0 for 10 in the second quarter. And of the 10, eight different players missed a three. (sighs) Eight. The only guy who didn't take a three... Of the nine players who played in the second quarter was Alex Lynn. Oh, Everyone else took and missed a three. All it's your entire rotation. I was like, I'll try one. Yeah. Nah, I just got one up. Yeah. 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 It's tough. Um, yeah. It, 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 it wasn't pretty. Once they lost the lead, it was like, okay, it's, it's fine. De'Aaron can't dig you out of a deficit. So just linger. Yeah, hang and around. And they didn't. So it was like, well, all right. The game's on, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna zone out. Yeah, because I mean, they just don't. This is, uh, this is obnoxious. But the bottom line is, we talked a little bit about this at one of the breaks. Is just, they just don't have enough guys. Like they just don't. They just don't have the dudes right now. They don't have enough like, Denver, Denver real also, NBA players. Oh, Denver. It's a leap top, day. No, no takes count today. D- D- Denver is a t- happy birthday, Tyrese. Denver is a top tier team. Six. Six year, six birthday for Tyrese today. Six years old. Denver, Article Denver's elite. Soon to ESPN thirteen twenty dot com. Talking Warriors. That's a lie. No, that's a. It was, oh. it was a joke. <laughs> um, the bit's dead. Dude. I'll stop. Um, <laughs> man, I no. I mean, no. I'm I'm gonna stop short of they don't have enough guys. It's it's. De'Aaron's not there. Like you're you're competing against a team who is frustrated that they've lost to you. De'Aaron's De'Aaron, and De'Aaron's not there, and they don't have the guys to to even make up for it a little bit. So, I, I just I don't think that's true. You know, okay, we can revisit this exact conversation Monday. Okay, because I have questions whether De'Aaron's going to be available tomorrow, and I'm getting wrapped up. Kyle's telling me to shut the hell up. Yeah, because I got yelled at by you the other day. You did it not was get yelled at. Me. I got berated. <laughs> you did not get yelled at. I have Dragged. never once yelled at you. Made him no, sit in the corner. Okay, we got to go. Goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 